This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend, Oren. And today, we are going to be in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24. And it's been a little bit since we recorded. Uh, we, we were going to record earlier um, this past week, and my son ended up but, putting me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm but, sitting there waiting for you, man, and I was like, Zach, where are you? Dude didn't so respond, terrible, dude. so I put my stuff away. <laughs> and then like an hour later, he's like, hey, you still up for recording? I'm like... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm going to bed now. Yeah. What you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I, feel, I felt terrible after that. But anyway, here's nah, the you're text. you're good, man. You're good. Chapter 1, verses 11 through 24. It's good to be recording with you again. Yeah, you too, man. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. All right, so this text continues uh, Paul's defense of his calling and his ministry. If you recall, we begin the letter, Paul is writing a very harsh letter to the Galatians. He's concerned about their um, their their distortion of the gospel they've come to believe. They are, um, they are wandering from the true gospel, and so he has come to them as an apostle of Jesus Christ, but he isn't just called himself an apostle. He tells part of his testimony. He tells the story of who he was before he met Christ and who he is now. And so he's using that as as greater or further proof or evidence that what he's told them and what he's preached to them is trustworthy and true. That he did not, as he says in, um, in verse 12, did not receive his gospel from any man. He received it from Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to talk about how he received it from Jesus. He was prior to this, as the man named Saul was a Pharisee, um, a, a, a advancing Jew among the Pharisees um, in Jerusalem. He was a persecutor of the church, he said. He was trying to destroy it. And then Jesus saved him. God 
Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and uh, asked him why he was persecuting him. Uh, Saul's life was transformed forever. And he says in verse 15 that at that point he recognized that God had set him apart for a very distinct purpose, and that was to preach the gospel among the Gentiles, which would include the Galatians. And he said then he didn't immediately consult with anyone about about what his calling was. He went out into the wilderness in Arabia for three years. And I believe what was happening there is um, Paul was learning, uh, I think, two, two things. Number one, he was learning how the Old Testament is about Jesus. And he was also learning how the gospel is for the Gentiles. Because you recall, he didn't have a New Testament at this point. All they had were the Old Testament texts. So he took his Old Testament knowledge and he said, okay, if the gospel is for the Gentiles, which clearly Jesus has told me it is, how is it true in the Old Testament? Now, I think he studied for three years by the power of the Holy Spirit to learn how the Old Testament texts are pointing to Christ and pointing to the Jews that they should bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And then he goes to meet um, Peter, James, and John. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, he, he meets them later. He meets Cephas, Peter, for... Um, for for 15 days, he met James, and that was really the only one other person that he met in Jerusalem, which, again, is a confirmation that he didn't consult with them and then come to the Galatians or begin to preach the gospel. He got it from Jesus and then went and confirmed it with those apostles after three years in the wilderness. And so the what, what's important for us to see here is how God was was working through the power of the Holy Spirit to set Paul apart, which he says here is what God did, to set him apart, to proclaim the gospel to the Gentile world, to confirm to the Galatians, the message I preached to you at the beginning is the true gospel. And so to go back to verse verses 6 through 10, if anyone comes to you preaching a different gospel, let that man be accursed. Yeah, and... What's wild to me about this text is the false teachers that are coming in and saying, no, you must be circumcised. No, you must observe all of these Jewish traditions. Dietary laws, yeah. 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 Um, they're coming at Paul, who was Saul, and like that's, that's the backstory he's giving, right? And I think in, right. Um, right. in Philippians, he says... Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may mm -hmm. have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day yep. of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. And he goes on and mm -hmm. on and on. And if Paul yeah. had found solace, in, if anyone could find solace in the law, it would have been mm -hmm. Saul. But yeah. I, I like what yeah. um, Paul says, how he says it uh, in verse uh, 15 and 16. But when it pleased God, who separated me from yeah. my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, we get a glimpse yeah. of how enlightenment happens. It doesn't happen from yeah. um, um, picking ourselves up and making ourselves better through the law. It happens through revelation yeah. and it happens through yeah. revelation specifically of Jesus Christ and what he's done and the grace that's yeah. bestowed on us by God. Yeah. We're reminded in verse 16 that the, the, 
salvation of our souls upon believing the gospel is for a purpose. And I, I think our testimony as Christians is, is the same as Paul's in this regard. God was pleased to reveal his son to Paul and to us so that I or we might preach him among the Gentiles. So there's a, a call of proclamation. Now, of course, Paul was, was told in, in the book of Acts chapter 9 that he would suffer greatly for the sake of the gospel. I don't think that everyone is called to that kind of life, but I think the mission of Paul's calling to proclaim the gospel was is, the, is a calling for all believers, the so that I might do this. And so that revelation you spoke of, that changing of, of our hearts and minds by the power of Christ in us, is meant for something. It's meant for us to be telling others. And so Paul is reminding the Galatians, listen, I didn't come to you because it was going to sound, it was found, it sounded fun. This wasn't a, a, a hobby for me. I came to you because I'm so compelled by the movement of God in my life that I cannot I can't do anything but to come to you and tell you what the true gospel is. And and, and what you mentioned earlier, no one was more Jew than than Saul, right? Like like he was a rock star. He was the rising star of, of the Pharisees. He says, I was a Jew of Jews. I was blameless according to the law. And so he thought a lot of himself prior to Christ. So he tells these Galatians, look, these Judaizers are coming in here with this half-baked theology. No one knows the law better than I do. And they're wrong. I'm telling you, they're wrong. I was in their shoes. I was in better shoes than they were just a short time ago. Right? Yeah. And I was wrong. And I'm telling you, what they're telling you is not correct. Trust in the true gospel. It's faith alone and Christ alone. That's it. Yeah. I've been reading Luther's commentary on Galatians. And one of the things he says in this portion of his commentary is that just the doctrine of justification is so fragile. And it's not yeah. fragile because like justification itself is not fragile, but we are fragile. The ones who need it are yeah. fragile. And how mm -hmm. quickly we are to forget it, how quickly we are to latch on to Maybe I can do a little bit. Maybe I can contribute. Maybe I can grasp yeah. a, a little bit of control, and maybe I can yeah. manipulate God into doing the things I want to do, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And that's the fragile aspect that Martin Luther's bringing, drawing out. Is and I think Calvin says that, right. that our our hearts are idle factories. Um, how yeah. quickly? Well, if, if, go ahead. You think about the parallels in Paul and Luther's life. So Paul grew up in a very strict uh, Jewish culture, and he would have seen the law as a means to gain God's favor. Luther would have grown up as a very strict Catholic priest who used the Catholic Church and its doctrines to gain God's favor. So I think in some sense, Luther probably related greatly to Paul in that they were both delivered from this oppressive, uh, favor-seeking religion into a, a faith of freedom that saw the grace of God applied to their lives through faith in Jesus Christ as what sets them apart. And that their obedience and their faith that followed was not to gain anything from God, but it was a result of what God had already given them in Jesus. And so, you know, I think we can all relate to both of those men in some cases, but I, I, I'm sure Paul had a special, I mean, I'm sure Luther had a special um, understanding of what Paul had been through because he was delivered from an oppressive, very occultic religion um, that, that, that did not set him free in Christ. And so you can imagine Luther out there in Germany 
um, in Europe in the 1500s, preaching the gospel to people that believed they were Christians, right? They believed that they were saved because they were abiding by all the doctrines of the Catholic Church. And Luther's like, nah, 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 hang on. <laughs> it's faith alone and Christ alone, right? And that had to be a strange um a strange sound to their ears, in the same way that maybe even the Gentiles, who were not irreligious, remember, these were pagans. They had gods, they had sacrifices, they had rituals as well. It had to sound strange to them in some case where they might say, wait, it's, I just have to believe in Jesus and I'm saved? And I'm, I'm good to go? He's like, yeah, that's it. Um, so the doctrine, like, like you said, the doctrine of justification isn't fragile in and of itself, but in the hands of a bunch of, 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 of wayward souls or, or those who are prone to wander, as we often sing, um, it, we could easily break it if we're not careful. It's like setting a, a, a two-year-old loose on a go-kart in a china shop or something, right? <laughs> like, you got to be very careful, right, or you're going to destroy the thing. And so um, I, I love the fact that and I, I have been using Luther's commentary as well to gain some insight on these texts because it's just so – I think it's so necessary, especially for people that are in the church – to understand the root of the gospel, that they're earning anything, that they've Jesus earned it all for them already. Yeah, and to uh, piggyback off of what you were saying, how Luther really saw himself in Paul, he has this to say. He says, I too may say that before I was enlightened by the gospel, I was as zealous for the, and I'm going to butcher this, papistical, pap papistical <laughs> laws yeah. and traditions of the fathers as ever a man was. I tried hard to live up to every law as best I could. I punished myself with fasting, watching, praying, and other exercises more than all those who today hate and persecute mm -hmm. me. And he goes on to say, yep. but, but he was enlightened by the gospel. And he did mm -hmm. just as if, there were, if anyone could find solace in the law, it would have been Saul. In the same way, mm -hmm. if anyone could have found solace in religion, just works, it would have been Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. And yet there was no solace. Yeah. His conscience was tormented until, mm -hmm. um, until he rediscovered these great ancient Christian truths. And that, that's yeah. another thing. Yeah, that, I just, uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead and finish your thought. Well, I was going to say uh, that's one of the things that... Um, that non-Protestants get wrong about us in that we, the, the thought was that we were um, recreating a faith or, or we stumbled yeah. into something new. But really, the whole goal of the Reformation was getting back to the ancient truths and rediscovering yeah. what was lost. Um, that was the real mm -hmm. goal of the Reformation getting back to the church fathers, getting back to mm -hmm. um, that first century Christianity. Yeah, and so, so this ties back in to what Paul said earlier, that if anyone preaches a different gospel, let them be accursed. He says accursed or, or anathema or anathematized because he knows how easy it is for us to wander into a, a different belief 
And so this is why it's so important for churches today to preach the gospel. Like I try to preach the gospel in every sermon to remind people of, of where the gospel ground is that we stand on. Because if we start getting into moralism and ethics and values apart from the gospel, then we begin to build a new religion that's built on what we do versus what what Christ has already done for us. And so the fact that Paul goes through all of this detail in his testimony is to show the Galatians and, and to show all of us today as we read the gospel that what we hear, what we see and read and hear in the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, justified by faith in Christ alone, is the gospel. That's the root of the gospel, right? Christ lived, Christ died, Christ rose again, Christ is coming again. And by trusting in him as Lord and Savior, we are secured in him. We're not secured by our works. We're secured by his faithfulness to complete the work of salvation and redemption for sinners like us. And so at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what is our confidence in? Is it in our deeds? Is it in our religion? Or is it in what Christ has done and our faith in him. I think that's the goal here because he could see how the Galatians could easily and were easily being led astray to the point where he calls them in chapter three, he calls them fools. They've been bewitched. They've been, they've been deceived by these teachers. And so he calls them, he calls those teachers accursed to get, to kind of shock the Galatians back to seeing Christ and his finished work for their, for the sake of their souls. Faith in him was, was all they were ever going to need. Yeah. And one of the images that um, that has kind of been playing around in my head was how quickly the Galatians forgot the gospel. And like the, yeah. the image that's been playing around in my head is the only thing that's happened that happens quicker than that is how quickly God casts our sins as far as east is to the west. Yeah. That's the only thing that happens quicker yep. than the, exactly. what the Galatians forgot in the gospel. Is that's exactly right. God's willingness Amen. to forgive. God's willingness yeah. to love and uh, for the for the sake of his son Jesus Christ mm-hmm. he stands ready to forgive yeah yeah and I feel that's like good. that's a that's a good place to end and until next time Amen. Lord help us to turn our eyes to Jesus.